Welcome, everybody, to the Disco Posse Podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. This is one of the fun ones because, well, number one, Ryan Estes has one of the most fantastic voices in the industry. And secondly, he's running a great agency at Kitcaster. They are doing some really fantastic stuff. I know because I am the recipient of the goodness that Kitcaster does because they are a podcast agency and they've sent me a ton of incredible guests. I've been lucky enough. I've had Brandy Whalen on as well. She's also the co-founder in the past. Go check that out. But let's jump in because before we talk about what Ryan brings to the show, let's talk about what every day needs to start with. And that is, of course, the finest, most devilishly good coffee you can get in the industry. And that is diabolicalcoffee.com. Tons of really cool stuff. In fact, sponsoring tons of podcasts full disclosure i'm actually the co-founder of the coffee company and also of the podcast that is being sponsored by is that weird anyways they we also sponsor a ton of other great stuff so go check out the produce stand check out the john meyer daily tech cast so many good things go to johnmeyer.com go to the produce stand and find out all the other great podcasts that are out there being supported by Diabolical Coffee. And, of course, if you want to get the greatest coffee, go to DiabolicalCoffee.com, and they've actually got swag for, for my own Disco Posse podcast as well. And if you want to make sure that not only while you enjoy that fresh cup of coffee, but all of your data is safely protected and held, well, you want to make sure you go to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse to visit the fine folks at Veeam Software. Why? Because Veeam Software has you covered for everything you need for your data protection needs. I actually like that slogan. I don't know if that's it's their slogan, but I made it up. And it's true. They've got you, whether it's virtualization, whether it's cloud, whether it's Teams, whether it's casting, doing your cloud native backup. Ah, oh, so much good stuff. Go, go check it out. I definitely do believe in the platform. I always say I would never let anybody sponsor the show that I didn't believe in. So go to vee.am forward slash discoposse. And while we're on the subject of protection, make sure you protect your privacy, protect your data in transit with ExpressVPN. It's easy to try out. Go on over to tryexpressvpn.com forward slash discoposse and make sure that privacy is a human right that we can all protect. And that's it. Anyways, jump in. This is Ryan Estes. He's a fantastic human. You're going to love this show. Go check it out. Hey, this is Ryan Estes, co-founder of KitCaster, and you're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast. talking before we started recording uh this is a huge honor because i feel like i'm, I'm having my boss on the show ryan oh, don't be so. <laughs> ryan estes is somebody who i've been lucky enough to be in the sphere of because you've got a fantastic team uh you are the co-founder of kit caster i also had brandy uh wailing on uh, goodness gracious it's been it's quite a while now since that's happened but that was so cool and your team has been amazing about introducing me to a lot of the the guests that my listeners love, right? And, you know, I've I didn't get hundreds and hundreds of listeners, you know, to a show from me hunting and pecking my own people. You've actually been a real, really strong part of the success of my own personal podcast. So thank you. 
uh, on that one, Ryan. But uh, <laughs> no, I really appreciate you saying that. And it's it, it, what's fun about podcasting is it's it's built in reciprocity. So you know we couldn't do it without you. And this is such a cool show that you know we're very confident. I mean, we're working with like type A <laughs> tech founder kind of people that like really deserve, expect a high level of quality and you most certainly deliver that. So we're really grateful for you too. Thank you. And for folks that are brand new to you, because that is something that may happen, uh, you want to give a quick bio, Ryan, and introduce yourself. And we'll talk about you know, the role of podcasting uh, it feels so meta to talk about podcasting on a podcast, but really, really this <laughs> huge opportunity that we've we've seen in, in what we can do with the power of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. So me personally, I live in Denver, Colorado. I'm a dad and a husband. Um, my daughter is going to be a freshman this year. So that's a big transition for our whole family. My son will be in seventh grade. Um I, I'm kind of a martial artist. I, I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I train capoeira as much as I can, you know, beating up my body. I'm a sportsman. I love hunting and fishing. I like mushroom hunting. Um, I am from Denver and I am probably the, if you looked up, you know, Colorado man in the dictionary, you'd see a picture of me. <laughs> Flannel shirts. I got a Tacoma. I got that. <laughs> I'm that guy. You're a lover of all things Carhartt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carhartt. Forget about it. I got all that. Virum Souls, you know, Gore-Tex. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's that's me. I, I am the co-founder of Kitcaster. Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency. Um, we work largely with funded startup founders, um, entrepreneurs with exits, C-suite level execs, and we book them on the world's top podcast. Um Prior to that, I had a digital media and marketing agency that I ran with my wife. We really specialized in launching products. We did a lot of crowdfunding campaigns, um, launched brands online, did a lot of that and had kind of the opportunity to launch our own products over the year um, and, you know, launch and validate and kill and grow and sell and things like that. Um, and then we kind of came into Kitcaster a couple of years ago, which really caught fire um, probably March of last year with COVID. And we've been kind of running on um, with Kitcaster ever since, you know, we've got a team of 18 now um, employees and, you know, still growing. So um, the, the, Podcasting has always been really near and dear to my heart. I started a podcast maybe nine, 10 years ago called um, the Denver Business Podcast. Um, and that grew and evolved over the years. And I just absolutely loved it. So kind of looking for an opportunity to have uh, a product that could scale in podcasting was always really important to me. So I feel very fortunate that um, Kitcaster is doing so well and we're all enjoying it so much. And, you know, the, the <clears throat> testament of your, the way you sort of punish your body for good is the way that you drive business is that you're doing stuff that really has a long tail, but having to see that vision and being able to know that like, this is the daily things that I do will ultimately lead to a, a trained, a trained soul, you know, and the soul of the business is is the core. It's based on that vision of like, this is the thing I want to achieve. This is what my customers are going to get as a result of this. And it's neat to see it play out. And, and like you said, like in the last 18 months, we've had a profound change in the way that we do business and the way that we interact with other people. And, and this has been 
I, I, it's a dangerous thing. I, it's a tough thing. I never want to say it. it's a huge opportunity, right? In despite the adversity that we face, we found opportunity and we exploited what we could out of a terrible situation. And I hope that people do it as well with lessons of like, hey, this was really hard. As we go back to being more in person, doing other things, hopefully we also find the right balance of not living in in airplanes <laughs> and and conference centers anymore that we really really can run this hybrid now where like a a podcast is such a huge thing because you can be anywhere you can do things i used to drag my microphone around with me and the first time i remember getting a second microphone and you know and getting my guest to come on so that we aren't basically you know both leaning into the same microphone like a country <laughs> duet yeah. but it was fun to get somebody on and, you know, it was actually my good friend now, Rob Hirschfeld, and he's also uh, got a great podcast called 2030 Cloud. And I remembered him sitting in the room and we were just like nerding out about the tech that we did. And in the end now, we're both, you know, 100 plus episodes in and it's changed the way that I approach so much Yeah, what I do. And then when I talk to business folks and I say like, hey, you know, we're talking now, but you should do this more often. Like, but I can't, I can give you five people to talk to. And the best thing I can do is I can give you one. It's called KitCaster. <laughs> and they'll set you up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's this great uh, quote by Sam Harris. He said, you know, distraction is the enemy of everything we're trying to do. And I, I think one thing that humans are trying to do is create these connections like, you know, our biological advantage is our ability to communicate well in some kind of weird form of telepathy. I mean, I can vibrate the, the, the air with my vocal cords and it goes into your brain and you have some semblance of understanding with me, which is still kind of trips me out sometimes. Um, but if that's what we're trying to do, then we have a world of distractions. I mean, even with our loved ones, you know, you're, I'm talking to my daughter and she's like looking at TikTok and half listening to me. And it, it's, it's hard to create a genuine connection and really communicate at a high level, you know. Um, but podcast gives us that opportunity, you know, one, because it's recorded, which adds like this kind of fun um, uh, added pressure maybe to the conversation. It tunes your attention. You know, plus we're wearing headphones or microphones, you know, Eric, your voice is showing up in the middle of my brain right now. There's no way to avoid it. So it, it allows us to have like this um, dialogue, you know, that the, the Greeks talked about in the, about this like point, point synthesis, point, point. There's a feeling like you're building. There's a feeling that you're getting somewhere. And most certainly I, I feel the same way as you, which is like, I've learned so much um, from all these folks from podcasting and, and just being able to connect with them. And podcasting becomes the vehicle to have these important conversations. When you've seen a lot of evolution just of the medium over the course of time, right? Like I, I remembered even when I got started, I hate to say it about me. I just know because I can speak very personally to my own experience through it. Like I started off, I'm like, ah, let's make sure it's tight, right? Imagine somebody's got a quick commute. Let's try and jam it in there. So it's like 20 to 30 minutes. And I was like, ah, yeah, this is neat. Like you can, because you know exactly what to go for. You're like laser pointed. Here's three questions we're going to talk about over three 10 minute blocks. And I had it kind of planned out. And then what I found was I'm like, when I would go overtime, that was when the real fun started. And yeah. it was huge because rather than just being a marketing opportunity, 
What I love about going longer form with guests is that despite every piece of advice that told me don't go over 20 to 30 minutes because people will tap out and like, you know that we had the ability to press pause in our memory. Like you don't read a book all in one shot. You don't like we can do this. The brain is built for it. And if it's a conversation, you maybe just back up 30 seconds to remember the point you're at. But fun of it is it's like walking around a room and you can. Yeah. Instead of just going through and saying, so Ryan, tell me, how did Kidcaster start? What's the, you know, vision? Like I could, I could do that and we could have a, a great story for 30 minutes. Well, what I love is 35 minutes. It's like, I've learned to measure this, right? There's a point where you <laughs> ask a question and someone goes, hmm, that's a Good question. You know? And like that, yeah, right? when, and you hear that thing of like, we, we don't have any more talking points. And at that point, you're really enjoying an organic experience of, you know, like you said, getting into someone's head. And I love that people, they had this thing of like, it feels like you're sitting next to two people having a great discussion and you almost want to jump in sometimes. And that's, that's the goal. In my mind, that's my, as a conversational podcaster, that's my goal is to have people say it's, it was just like sitting next to two people really enjoying themselves. It's the best. I mean, that's really how I found podcasting or maybe it was the second phase is, you know, I had like an hour and 20 minute commute and I burned through my playlist pretty fast, <laughs> you know, and then I found these podcasts where people were talking and it was stimulating enough to kind of keep me present in the conversation. And you have kind of like, um, but it wasn't like an interview, which might be a little bit more formal where it's like, this to this to this to this you have tangents and you come back and people are like well let me unpack that and you know oh actually i didn't mean to say that and it's it has this charming amateurist amateurism that sounds like people talking you know which um for some of us you know we need that you know we need to 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 talk and and, and we're that kind of person. And if you don't have it, you're sitting alone in your car. You find yourself talking to the windshield with your finger at the <laughs> people cutting you off. Um, it could be really challenging. And for me, it really pulled me out of kind of like a little low period where my children were young and I didn't know what I was going to do. And it, it was an uh, ability to kind of just let a lot of that pressure go and listen to other people's conversations. So, yeah, I think podcasting is really magical, particularly kind of the long form conversations like you're talking about where you know people will tune in and then zone out and then come back and then zone out you know there's there's an ebb and flow there's no plot twist you're waiting for that you have to write down notes you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's an interesting thing of the there's so many styles that and you of course you know you've got lots of folks that that you send guests to as far as your who you represent because there are some people that do like very highly produced you know, short form, tightly edited, you know, mine is, I'll say my choice was out of sheer laziness that it's really painful to edit for me. I hate listening to my own voice. So I just like let it run. All I do is I listen to make sure it started and listen to the ends to cut off the part where I say, yeah. let me stop the recording. <laughs> and that's yeah. It. Fired in the garage band. I press export and off it goes. Let it rip. Totally. Turn up the compression a little bit. Be like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and this is the 
uh, my other uh, at least cheat uh, is that I've just bought a really expensive microphone, so this way I don't even have to do any tuning of the sound. It sounds so good. <laughs> it pays to have a broadcast quality microphone. Otherwise, yeah. I have like, a thin, wispy voice, I'm sure, if I'm <laughs> off mic. Roll up those mids, you're like, wow, I sound like Casey Kasem. This is great. <laughs> but the... The thing that you get to do because you can look at the right opportunity for for people and you can bring them into there are, you know, those tightly produced short form, you know, podcasts are fantastic for a certain audience to achieve a certain goal. It's like any kind of digital marketing. It's the same story, right? There's a one pager. There's a white paper. There's a data sheet. There's web copy. There's the tagline. Each form factor has its own purpose. And knowing where to fit it in, it's kind of basically creating a public portfolio of somebody's story in different form factors so that can be consumed by many. Yeah. So, and I love them all. Yeah, I love like a, a really uh, great produced podcast with the with the audio beds and they pull all the ums and uhs. I sound amazing on there. <laughs> you know, those are cool too, but you know. Um, the, the problem with those podcasts is generally they're pretty slow between episodes. You know, if I, if I've got, you know, if I'm listening to two, three podcasts a day, um, that's a good day for me, you know? So I, I want that content and, and, you know, I think the other thing is, is people get really held up in like the editing and like obsessing on it. Um, kind of the, the paralysis analysis, analysis, paralysis, where I'm with you, you know, it's like, leave the ums and uhs and buts in there. It sounds normal. People get used to it. Even if you have low quality microphone after the first 30 seconds, you don't even notice it anymore. You're kind of in that world. So yeah, it's, it's cool, you know, and, and because podcasting is so open and free, there's really no standards, you know, you have those really kind of produced NPR type shows and people kind of go for that radio feel. And then you have, you know, very open, uh, open ended conversations that, you know, Rogan's popularized. I mean, three hour conversations, whoever thought that'd be popular. And that's the most popular show in the world, you know, so it, it's it's cool. It, and it I, I mean, I absolutely love it. I just feel so, so blessed and lucky that um, I get to work in podcasting every day. You know, it's, it's really fun, a kind of a fun aspect of it too, is it is usually kind of ancillary. It's like kind of a, an arm to someone's business or it's a hobby or a passion play. So, you know, we kind of have a saying around here, which is like, you know, there's no such thing as a podcast emergency because there just isn't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, we take our job very seriously and do a very good job at it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, hey, man, just we'll reschedule it if there's a problem. <laughs> like, you know, so it, it has kind of a, a lightness and a brevity. That one really is interesting because I've as I've noticed even myself, I, I really there were times when you kind of squeezed them in because you didn't want to push the meeting. But. I've found that people really get the sort of asynchronicity of it all that we don't need to like, Hey, if it's, unless it's time critical and it's attached to a press release and it's an asset that you want to do, but generally people don't use these as like a, a specific time bound asset, which is great because you can, you know, I used to actually tell people too, I'm like, whatever you do, don't mention relative time. Don't say yesterday, <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Like, you've got to be careful because otherwise it, 
this is going to be recorded and listened to months later, maybe. <laughs> yeah, years even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I, I, I wonder at one point you need to roll off the first few episodes and be like, yeah, that was a different guy. I didn't know what he was doing. Right yeah, totally. Everything I said was a lie. Uh, I'm back now. Um, you know, one kind of like um, surprise, I think, of, of this work. You know, I had recorded 300 episodes as a host and just felt like, I got this. I, I can do it. But as a guest, it does evoke a lot of big emotions that I was kind of surprised about. I, I saw it starting occurring with our clients where um, it comes out in different ways, you know, but but largely it's like, you know, imposter syndrome. It's, is this show big enough? Is this show too big? Um, fear of failure, fear of, fear of success. Um, these emotions come up from podcasting, I think, because it is so intimate and because it is a little bit open-ended. Well, what are we going to talk about? What are they going to ask me? You know, it's like, well, I don't know. You know, you, you have to be kind of ready to improvise. So, and, and this is something that I, I found early on. I was like, you know, our clients are really kind of going through some emotional things right now. Um, let me try it. So, you know, I had my team start booking me on podcasts and I was like, wow, this is really different. Being a host, you kind of have the control and power, you know, but being a guest, I start the same thing started coming up. You're like, ah, this show's too big for me. All right, what am I going to talk about? I don't know. You know, it, so it was, it was interesting and it seems to be kind of a universal human thing. You know, so one kind of thing that we've done is we'll do media training with our clients, which a lot of that is about kind of dispelling some of those butterflies, just getting those going, because after you've done three or four of them, you're pretty much on a roll. Um, but the other is you're always going to have kind of your narrative. You're going to have your story. Like, like you started the show. Everyone starts the show very similar. Like, tell me about you. Who are you? And kind of having like, you know, maybe one, two, three anecdotes that bring people in that, that so that they know who you are broadly, or at least some kind of archetype of you that they can file you away in their brain. Um, in the beginning, it's, it's hard. You know, you'll, you'll kind of say, actually, I have no idea who I am. I forgot my middle name. Uh, I'm worthless. Nobody loves me. It's there. Like, you know, but, but with a little bit of preparation, with a little bit of experience, you can start to have these beats, um, you know, find some punchlines in there to, to kind of give the audience an opportunity to connect with you. And, and that was really unexpected. You know, that was something that kind of we learned in time. And, and now I think is, is really beneficial for people of being prepared as a guest, being prepared as a host is great, but oftentimes a lot of the trust is placed in them because they have ultimately the authority of the show. So it's been interesting to kind of work with some of the emotional residue of these like conversations. Yeah, the the funny thing I remember, like I started in tech and doing a lot of like analyst facing and, and media facing stuff. But I worked for a startup and we didn't have any like machine wrapped around it. So there was no media training. It was always hilarious because I talked to all my friends and they're like, yeah, well, I, I kind of do the same gig, but I'm at, you know, company X, company Y, whatever. So I got to make sure that I was like audible ready and went through the media training, all the stuff. I'm like, what's, what's media training? Like I just <laughs> yeah. try to make sure I don't say stupid things. And every, like, but I had a lower bar of, uh, you know, regulatory stuff I didn't have wrapped around me at a lot. I was, and I knew, like I've worked in big companies before, so I, I know what you should or shouldn't say. You want to be careful when you're on the record. And only once did I get caught out where, like, you know that there's some PR person that's sitting on the other line. They're like, and their eyes go a little wide when they hear you say something. And 
we, it was just like a friendly chat with somebody who is in media and we were talking about stuff and he's like, Oh, he was a cyclist. He was a guitarist. So we're just having idle chatter at, and at the end he's like, Hey, so what do you think about like Tesla just had some big thing. He's like, what do you think about Tesla as like a business model? And it was when they were just sort of getting started. And I said, I mean, if you look at it, it's basically a glorified Ponzi scheme. Just electric cars are the path to get there. And I like, it's almost a throwaway joke, but you realize like, oh boy, I probably shouldn't have said that too <laughs> into an article as the quote, because everything you say is on the record. But that's was- funny because Elon might agree with you, actually. Sometimes it seems like that's a kind of stuff. He's like, oh yeah, our stock is way overvalued and just plummets. You know, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, he's the one that needs to be media ready himself. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, this is an interesting thing. As you bring people into this as a medium, you know, how do you find it is like kind of coaching them through the first experiences and introducing them to it and measuring how they feel they are like, are they measuring their success? And you've got to measure their sense of success because ultimately your my guests are your clients and you may have a high churn rate and not realize it because they all go on one podcast. They don't often come back. I mean, I do outreach and I do have, have some people come back repeatedly, but it's like, it's a big machine. It's always moving. So I'm curious, how do you measure, especially as an, a newcomer to podcasting comes in and you, you want to nurture that experience for them. Yeah. You know, it, outcomes is most important to me, you know, like what, what are our clients getting out of it? Um, and it's been all across the board, you know, podcasting is interesting because it doesn't necessarily fit neatly in a spreadsheet, although sometimes it does. Um, also it's, it's long tail. So, you know, it, it's, it can happen later. Um, but we've had people, you know, with, um, have seven figure fundraising rounds fulfilled from podcasts that we've booked, booked them on. We've had people, you know, sell just ample amounts of, of subscriptions for their SaaS products. We've had people use it for recruiting and find talent. Um, so the outcomes for every single one of our clients is different, but what's similar is they're, they do have a purpose, you know, because we work with founders, you know, ultimately they're looking for runway. They're looking to move the needle in their business. So they're looking to grow in some way. And so figuring out a way to get them to their outcomes is kind of really the first four to six weeks of our campaigns, because what we know is that there is going to be this bubble of emotion. You know, even the folks that are so compelled to do this, that, you know, they've been with us 18 months and they're, they're not slowing down. They, they love it. In the beginning, even with folks like that, there's these things that arise. Um, the nice thing about KitCaster is all we do is book podcasts for people. So we're able to kind of get the uh, emotional rhythms of our clients broadly and be there for them each step as it's like the emotions coming up. We're like, I know we got you. We got you. And it comes down and we got you. It's okay. It's okay. Well, what about this, this, and this? Like, I know, I know, you know, so we're really able to like inject a lot of care into um, our client relationships because um, we've seen so many people go through it you know, uh, and the, the characteristics and attributes of our clients are very similar, you know, type A um, go-getters, you know, oftentimes technologists, oftentimes technical founders. These are people that are probably more comfortable being alone with their computer than they are in a group of people. Um, podcasting becomes kind of a good bridge of that because 
they're in front of their computer. <laughs> it's their happy place. And they're able to talk about what they're really passionate about. So, you know, we really start with, hey, here's the outcomes that you're looking for. Let's uh, find an audience that is looking for that. And then let's use that information to go um, qualify the podcast and pitch to them in like a, a really great way to make sure that you're able to put your best foot forward. Um, and, and, you know, so far it's working pretty well. And it also becomes you're monitoring sort of the evolution of the podcast because they also have their own sort of organic flow. I mean, even I, again, I can speak to direct experience that started off just purely as like, I know a bunch of nerd buddies of mine. I'm going to have them on <laughs> and we'll, we'll chat about stuff and I'll try. And these are questions that we have at conferences. I'm lucky. I go to conferences a lot. I used to. Yeah, and we did. And I would get to meet people that I don't normally get to. And the first thing would be like, oh, I, I know you work on this project. How did you, like, how did that come to be? And you get these really cool backstories. And that's really the fun of it. And then from there, I had somebody on. We talked about just, like, shutting out the noise and getting rid of, of negativity to create a better productive routine for personal kind of wellness. And I got such an overwhelming reaction to it. I'm like, oh. I guess I should like try to do this more. So I purposefully started to then seek out a stream of people that could have a meaningful discussion on it. And then, you know, it got into much more on the founder stories. And then yeah. recently it's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, the one that's, you know, just before this one that went out, uh, it was a couple of really, really fun ones. One was Emily Gillette, who's the, the wife of Penn Gillette, the, of Penn and Teller. Cool. And oh, like, she had to be sharp. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Like it just, it was really hard to have to end it, you know, because you're like, you could just do this all day. She was, she was ready for anything. A lot of fun, and you know, obviously, when you're in the house with Penn Gillette, you, you're bound to have to <laughs> be able to throw yeah. very pretty good in a vocal conversation. That dude's but, a total genius. I mean, whoa! <laughs> but to be able to get, you know, these people. And then, so now I would probably say if I went back to episode 30, I, I have a fundamentally different show now than yeah. I used to, but I can bring a different voice then to your guests. And then other folks like my friend Rob, like said, he has cloud 2030 and deeply technical conversations, non-sponsored. So he's got this beautiful thing of like, I can go as deep as you want. And in fact, that's all we're going to do. He's like, we take the same guests and I, I send a guest over to him and he's like, we had such a different conversation. It was wild to understand how different we are and how we approach it. Yeah. But he's got, again, no sponsors. So for him, it's the complete freedom to say anything, do anything. Not that that's a blocker, but some people do. Like if I work for, you know, company X, I'm not going to go on a podcast that I know is sponsored by my competitor. Right. So right. Yeah. And, and, and then that's the other thing too. If you're in kind of uh, sharky waters, you know, how much differentiation are you going to want to talk about the product? You know, how much technical information are you wanting to share, especially revenue numbers and user numbers? And the, these are all like really kind of heady <laughs> considerations, you know. Um, so kind of getting people through that. You know, one thing from the, the host perspective, and I like that you talked about that, is that how you change and evolve. I think that's that's true on both sides of the mic. Um, but particularly as a host, you know, 
it, if I'm talking to podcast hosts, it's like, you know, try not to judge your show until the hundredth episode, because then you find your pocket, you find your rhythm, you know, um, similar thing happens at, on the guest side as well, you know, where you, you kind of, you, you figure out your persona, you, you, you get a little twinkle in your eye, you're able to tiptoe around, um, testy questions a little bit. Um, and, and it doesn't really phase you. But in the beginning, most certainly, it definitely can. Um, and, and we see it in, the, in the kind of those two areas. One, the broad general story, just like, who are you and how are you doing this? You know, figuring that out. And then if, when you go on those other technical shows like your buddy, you know, being able to be very precise because you're speaking to like a very qualified audience who wants to know some details. That's what they're going to, that's why they're going to like you is you're giving them some nuggets and some, some stuff behind the curtain without getting too proprietary and having to go back and be like, oh, please, I need you to edit that out. That's an unreleased feature, you know, X, Y, Z. So, you know, and all of this, their training is important in the beginning, but this is all just comes with experience, you know? And, and so you see this nice overlap between kind of your, your podcast persona that you're working on and developing and then how you're relating in the world. It all cross-pollinates, you know, if you, if you want a speaking career, start in podcasting, you know, you want a leadership position, start in podcasting because you're able to kind of work out some of these beats, find your rhythm as kind of an orator. It's just like the, no matter how you slice it, it's a beautiful opportunity because when you think about this format, you have a lot more freedom because the nuance and the emotion comes through. It's very different, right? There's pauses, there's cadence that you pick up. There's a back and forth that you hear and, and you can you can tell when people are really into a bi-directional discussion and a real conversation versus, yeah, this the pure written blog. And look, I was a blogger and I know tons of people and I, as a pure writer, right? It's very different because you have control. You can go back over it. You know, you, you know, one I remember reading about Jordan, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's, uh, you know, somewhat controversial figure to some, but, you know, well-known at least. And he says, when he writes his book, he literally goes over every word, then to the sentence, then every sentence until it becomes a paragraph, then every paragraph. And it's just this, just pouring over every single thing. But yet, then you bring them onto a microphone. You don't have that opportunity. So now you're really in this free form it's the difference between kata and sparring, right? It really mm. is like, I get that, you know, the science behind this. Let's, let's throw down. <laughs> you know, let's just yeah. size this a bit. And it's fun. So fun. Oh man. And writing is not, <laughs> writing is brutal. It's so hard. Yeah. I, yeah, really I like, I like that. Especially a, like short form. This one thing that drives me nuts. I tell people at work all the time, like, <clears throat> You, I'm not the guy to come up with the tagline. Like I may say something every once in a while that is a witty tagline, but don't make me like evaluate. Is this the exact, like, I'm not the one that's going to find the perfect 12 words to describe this thing. Said, I'm going to show you how it works, what it does, the people, the effect it creates, how we empower people, all the amazing stuff we did. But then don't ask me to cram it into 14 words that fit on a business card. (laughs) That's not my forte i've got people that are amazing at that and they they get scared when they think of being free form they're like they tighten up because like yeah they like the guardrails yeah i like the the comparison you're doing here with written and podcasting because both when they're done masterfully have this 
uh, residue of truth. You know, if you look at like, you know, what's the, the, the highest peak of written work would be like religious scriptures, whatever the domin- denomination is. But in those texts, they've been poured over and refined over thousands and thousands of years of stories that might be tens of thousands of years. And so there's this like three dimensionality of it where they're talking about a person, but that becomes a metaphor for the state. And that becomes a poem of something. And, and this thing kind of blooms in your head, this feeling of truth. Um, now audio and storytelling is way older than, than script. And so we also have this feeling, this it's, it's a, it's a intrinsic feeling of something that's true. And in a religious context, it would be called, it's called disciplic succession. It's kind of a hard word to say. Disciplic succession. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but in the Eastern traditions, it's absolutely critical. You know, you can't, there's certain like states of consciousness you can't really um, grow from until you have someone who's already kind of been in front of you and is like, here you are. This is it. Follow this path, this, this. And they're kind of creating a map. So both of these contexts have this like, this truth residue in it. And the the nice thing about um conversation is is all of us can kind of find those moments you know in a great conversation it's like it's a heady thing like your senses are are stimulated the hair on the back of your neck might rise like there's there's something palpable um that happens there and it it happens spontaneously you know and it's so much easier from pouring over every word to sentence to paragraph (laughs) you know i'll go with the disciplic succession route personally uh, (laughs) even in the flow of the discussion it changes too because at the beginning and i've had i've learned now it's funny like because it's a it's a very well exercised muscle for me to be able to like walk in and i know that i can carry the flow if there's some gentle resistance right i can try and comfort them that i'm not here to like make them say anything they shouldn't be saying. Yeah. Sometimes it was one, uh, it was a fellow named Vince D. Benedetto and Vince was fantastic. Right. And he came on and he says to me in the pre check, right. He's like, just so you know, I don't like to talk. Perfect. Oh, great. You're going on the long form. (laughs) Amazing. And then what happened, but every, he's just like, he's very succinct. That was his thing. It's like, so Vince, you know, what made you, you know, choose this style of hiring? He says, I found it just worked better. Perfect. So how do you feel about aliens? (laughs) But 15, 20 minutes further in, when you start to like pull the little threads that you've learned from the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Then you realize like I can figure out what he cares about by how long he talks about it. And all of a sudden, I can light this little conversation fuse and he goes for five straight minutes uninterrupted. I'm like, that's amazing, right? That's, he now feels freedom and trust in the process that he can like now kind of unpack a little bit more. And it's kind of neat. And they always, they they start at the beginning. They're like, wait a second. This is 75 minutes. We're not recording for that whole time. I ever thought you get that. I'm like, no, we're legit going to record the whole thing and use every ounce of it. You better stay on that that microphone. Yeah, that's right. But at the end, every time, they're like, oh, we're done already? Yeah. That's 
that's like zen <laughs> when i you, know when you get to the end and they've they've actually just forgotten that they're on mic yeah it's it's a magical thing you know and we do have so many distractions that it's rare even with the people we love the most we might know the least you know especially for founders i mean i know it that like i start talking about work my my wife is going to roll her eyes and be like next please i don't want to hear about it anymore you know you've been <laughs> you've been working on your startup that's all you talk about to your friends and family this is a brutal ear beating they don't want to hear about that you know so finding podcasting where people are genuinely uh, enthusiastic and curious about what they're up to it's heaven you know it changes because it it gives the voice and the emotion to their story, which is such a bonus, no matter what the length and the format is. The fact that you're actually hearing them say it and you can tell yeah. what's like the tagline that they got burned into their mind. And you can tell the moment they're like, oh yeah, it's a great question. You know, and and look, there's also tricks around that one. I know I have to use them all the time, right? When you, like you say, hey, that's a great question. You know, like mostly because it's, you know, when you're talking to some folks, you just gotta make sure that we're having this bouncing reciprocation of stuff. But yeah, yeah, stalling. That's yeah, a great well, question. <laughs> really, really good question. Great question. Oh God, here I go. I'm gonna answer it. <laughs> yeah. And no. Let me rephrase this. So what I'm, I'm hearing you ask is, it's an interesting question how you've asked it as well. You know, and you're like, oh, I'm really struggling with this one. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, it's it's true. I, I like what you're saying too. It it provides humanity behind the, the tools and services we use all the time, you know? I mean, we're, we're an aesthetic that is flat, minimalistic, you know, you and your competitors, it's like, oh, what kind of, what shade of blue did you use in your logo? Yeah. And what, you know, what stock photo are you using on your header image? It's all very homogenous. And it's all this kind of scaffolding of acceptable product to purchase, just easing it into, you know, a purchase as much as possible, which is great for the consumer because it makes it easier to know what the heck you're buying. Um, but for differentiating yourself, it's very difficult, but podcast does it, 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 it provides some flesh and some, some musculature on that scaffolding to, to let people connect to you. And that might be the deciding uh, factor to purchase. Be like, I heard the founder and he's, or she seems like a great gal. So I'm going to purchase this, you know, SaaS product because, because she told me to come here, you know? It's important. It's important to remember we're humans and not machines because pretty soon we might be both. Who knows? And, and like you said, the even as mentoring, what I learned is I, I run a mentoring practice. I've actually like built a platform around this. So I said, like, over all these years of doing mentoring myself and going to my peers that do it, I said, what is it that makes an effective mentoring relationship? And it wasn't the fact that, like, you know, I need to learn about podcasting. So obviously, I'm going to talk to Ryan because Ryan has a podcasting agency, right? But when you and I talk, and we go through this process and we just develop this plan and, and we work together. What would really connect me to you is that, oh, yeah, you do BJJ. I'm really passionate about that. My son does it. Like, like it ended up being the things around the core thing you were trying to achieve are actually what make the relationship stronger. It's the personal connection to it. And so I started building was, like if you want to learn C++, I can find you a thousand people that can teach you C++. But if you want a mentor 
who's going to help you to be the best C++ programmer you can be or team leader. You're going to find somebody that knows C++ and that they also play guitar and they're also photographers and they also live in Denver. Are they like, you find the other things and the other thing is often way more important. And that is what comes out in this format of you can say, Hey, you know, Ryan's amazing, but Oh yeah, you, you're, you're into outdoors. That's badass. People then go to check your Instagram out and then they go, then they're invested in the relationship with the human. And they say, Oh, by the way, like, so, Tell me about KidCaster because I'm really digging what you do. Uh, and now I want to hear what your company does. Oh, so true. And you can use metaphors and now you're speaking a similar language. That's what I, I love so much about passions and hobbies and things, you know, particularly music, like you said, or martial arts that, you know, you, you get far enough along in that and you start to like relate to reality. You know, if you're a guitar player, you're like, you start to see how melody shows up in your day. You start to see how harmony and rhythm show up in your day. And you're like, wow, this is just me driving to work was just like playing guitar in all these ways. Like the, the connections get made, you know, so you find another guy who plays guitar and you can talk about your product in terms of a musical ideas. And again, you're communicating at this like next level thing, you know, and those only happen. That only happens with, when, with talking. I mean, I'm super corny and, bullish bullish about conversation but like literally the only thing that's going to save us and humanity let's talk big now has some very pressing challenges right now you know the only thing the only solution is conversation that's it it's about working through differences that you have with people fundamental differences by building on fundamental similarities and we can kind of rely that as a as a human being we have this built-in architecture to want to connect to people, even the people you disagree with. If you're if you're able to come together and civil discourse in the beginning and be like, "Hey, how was your day? What'd you have for breakfast?" You know, like there, there's ways to connect to people with uh, on a human level that um, precede finding a solution for for big things. So, you know, podcasting it it it, it seems like hey, a fun kind of nerdy thing that I like to do. But really, I think it's a fundamental um, salve or healing for for a culture that that is aggravated by some of our other digital tools. Yeah, if I look at all the conferences that I go to, like that's what I don't certainly don't miss the travel. I don't miss the hotels. (laughs) I don't miss any of the food. I, I mean, I don't I never I make my own food when I travel. I'm a bit of a an odd cat that way. But what I miss is going out for a run in the morning with a bunch of people that I just met the day before. Yeah. And like that, that chance to have a, a random discussion. And next thing you know, like you find these commonalities and it's, it's not just about that immediate connection, but it just, it triggers something in your head where you're like, I feel better. I feel connected to something. And yeah. then you start to seek it out. Yeah. Which is so different from, especially the last while where I've been a remote worker for a decade, well over a decade, almost like 15 years. I've been a remote worker. I sat in an office that was different than my main office and there were people around, but I was a remote worker to my team. And then when this stuff happened, beginning of April last year, of course, everybody's like, well, this must be normal for you. I'm like, well, number one, 
It's not easy nor normal. <laughs> and this is not the experience because what everybody has done now is they've said, I think my value is the amount of meetings that I have because I feel that's connection. Right. So they started to take it and turn my calendar into a losing game of Tetris. (laughs) Zoom fatigue. (laughs) Yeah. It's number one, it's cognitively tiring to stare into the screen all day long because you're different, right? It's one thing. I mean, and people even notice that they probably would get, they get driven nuts by me because I move. I'm standing. I'm at a standing desk, so I move. When I give keynotes, I walk around. I'm a camera person's worst nightmare. <laughs> Don't stay on the mark. But the mm-hmm. whole thing is that I can't just sit there and stare at your face and then stare at my face and make sure, am I making the right face? Am I having the right reaction? Am I closing my eyes? Am I touching my nose? Like We don't realize we do this, but we do it unconsciously, subconsciously, right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, it's like, Ring, front and center. All you see is your own face <laughs> all the time. I'm like, brutal. It's not good. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, I know. You know, do you it's. In- that, do you think then, like I said, the increase in the medium, you think that we're in a bit of an overload right now of a lot of people that went to starting their own content, starting their own stream, doing their own thing. And there's going to be a bit of a glut of content for a while before it kind of settles into the survivors, I guess, of, of the medium. Yeah, totally. I think that's always been the case is, you know, one out of five podcasts makes it like three or four episodes, you know, because it's not easy. There's a lot of work that you're doing there, Eric. I, I mean, you're not even editing a lot, but I know a lot goes into it, you know? So some folks will try it and, and pass. And I think during COVID, a lot of people tried it. I mean, the numbers on podcasts almost doubled, you know, year over year, like people dove into it. Um, so we'll see that. I mean, the, I think the good thing is though, with new people getting into it is, is the, for who it resonates with, it's, it sticks. You know, I did my podcast for nine years, you know, cause I loved it, you know? So for, for, for the people that it works with, it, it really works. And you kind of need that like top funnel traffic to get people in to see if it's going to be the thing for them, you know? And, and I think so, you know, it does, it's not the lowest point of entry anymore. Now you got streaming, you know, you got streaming on every platform or your reaction videos on YouTube. There's, there's, easier ways actually you know, to get <laughs> yeah to get audio and video stuff out you can just sit alone and be like just reacting to things and you know that's even easier than podcasting there is a, a bar of entry you know with a podcast you have to put some t- thought and consideration and it's also a place you can better yourself that you need to get better at you know so it's an opportunity for for human growth and development so you know I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. I, I think podcast is just going to grow and grow and grow. You see kind of the, the explosion of clubhouse, you know, last year that kind of rise and fell, you know, where, where people have a, a desire and a hunger to hear audio, to hear stories. Um, it's in our blood, you know, it's just that, it's that thing sitting around a campfire. You can't make out their faces so well, but you can hear their voices, you know, and I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be strong. I mean, I, I'm committed to it 
com- completely to, to audio because I think it's so powerful. And especially in contrast to video, we'll say, which has a, a cooler, um, more uh, averse to me dynamic. I don't want to look at something. I like audio because I can, my hands are free. My eyes are free. I can, I can move around. That's probably what's so frustrating to me about all the Zoom meetings is like, Oh, I got to sit down and talk to you. Why can't I pace around? (laughs) Yeah. And this is the the advantage we've got with this is that it it carries wherever we go versus, yeah, that you don't need to, you're not forced to consume it in a particular way. Yeah. You know, go for a run and put on a podcast and you, you do what, like you can listen to it for a little while in between meetings versus like having to sit down, context switch, stare at the screen you know there's definitely it's funny like i'm doing more on the video side and it's been neat because it's actually like you know there's promotion wrapped around it and and it does help like it's it's quite amazing to see how that kicks up but the audio is certainly the dominant side and i guess here's the fun part right as they say there's no greater lie than one backed by statistics especially when they're (laughs) statistics it's a really weird thing to measure yeah. I mean, you've, you, yeah, if you're not doing it for the love of the game, if you're looking at the numbers, it's a really weird thing because it's tough to track. It's, oh, totally. You know, I created a media kit and I was like, oh God, now I'm that guy. I've got a media kit. But <laughs> I had to do it because sometimes you go and do direct outreach and some people yeah. are like, can you send me a media kit? I'm like, I can send you a link to 185 podcasts. How's that for a media kit? I'm still here. (laughs) Numbers across all the medium. You know, you get syndicated on seven different channels. You don't get stats from five of them. Oh, totally. It's really, really tough to measure. So I think that's why people took a while before they didn't see the benefit necessarily because it wasn't, like, oh, I'm going to do this. I get so many impressions. Like, we're extrapolating numbers. But now, I think they realize, like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. And they don't care as much about the, can you tell me exactly how many impressions? What's the average listen time? Like, now there's, like, what's your general listener audience size? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're chasing numbers, then just be famous first. Yeah, that's, you know, in every single creative venture, 1% of people make 99% of the numbers. And that goes for like actors, authors, uh, musicians, podcasters, that's it, you know, so you're chasing numbers, you're always going to be kind of dissatisfied, you know, the numbers are there. But the numbers aren't nearly what you think they are. It's interesting what happened with Apple when they changed from subscribers to followers in podcasting. And technologically, what that meant is if you subscribe to an Apple podcast, um, which still is the largest provider of podcasts, I don't know how long, how long Apple can disrespect podcasting and still be number one, but they're still number one for now. Um, but when you would subscribe, like the first three episodes would be automatically downloaded. And then every single podcast that was published was automatically downloaded, whether you listen to it or not. And they went to listeners and now the numbers, they're still, we're going to see what happens with it. But now the 
it's not automatically downloaded to your phone. Rather, you'd have to stream it. And so every time something was stream, that's where it counts the numbers. So you're looking at like an order of magnitude different in listener size, smaller than what these companies, particularly advertising companies, are paying for the audience. They say, I've got 20,000 listeners. It's like, no, man, you got 2,000, you know? And so because the, the, the one very irritating thing about our industry here in podcasting is that none of the numbers are transparent. It's hard to pull from like 12 different players who's listening to what, where, you know, there's no one definitive place, especially as Spotify is emerging, that we can't have a great grasp on what that number is. So, you know, if you chase the numbers, it, it, it's not going to be a good time. But if you really want to connect with like one person, you know, if or if the content itself, like using the content itself in, in your business in some way or in some kind of developmental process, if the, the value of it is there for you with a zero audience, then man, you, you're in for a great time. Well, and, and this is the problem we've got is that we use the previous closest known medium as a measurement, right? We uh, It's seen as an incremental change from traditional media, which was fundamentally broken anyways, because it was all propped up on vanity metrics that are all totally. fake anyways, right? <laughs> so there is yeah. no, we're using a broken measurement system and carrying it forward to something that's fundamentally different. Even like, just like duration, that was the one thing. Harry's like, whatever you do, don't go long form. No one will listen. <laughs> yeah. You heard of this little thing called Netflix, binge streaming. Like people will do that. They'll listen to like four episodes. And yeah. they'll like, they may never listen to me again because they don't find a person that they connect with. You know, I even do it with lots of podcasts. I start off, I listen to like 10 in a row. I'm like, I dig this style. And then I go hunting through the playlist for a guest that I know. And then once I have time, then I pick one I've never heard of. I'm like, let me dig into this one. And quite often they're the best ones because you're like, what? Never yeah. heard of them before. They're amazing. They're and they've amazing. got 72 episodes. Yes. I know. So it's, it's great. It's funny that we, you know, it, like anything in media is so broken. Even like you said before, reaction media, so I laughed. Current news media is basically a running reaction video to the other <laughs> news organizations. All so funny. In the five minutes of every news show is the other network is saying this, and this is why they're wrong. And you're like, that's not what I signed up for. This is why your industry is going down the drain. Like it's. Oh, well also they sound like some kind of nefarious wizards. Like, I mean, it's nice to talk to podcasts or listen to podcasts because it sounds like people are talking, but like once you're in the news, you have some kind of weird monotonic way to talk and deliver punchlines. And you're like, what the, is he trying to hypnotize me right now? Like what is happening with this show? I mean, I can't even, I'm kind of miserable to watch TV with because I'm just like trashing whatever it is. It's all, I just can't handle it. I just watch sports. Otherwise my kids would <laughs> just hate the whole thing. And that, I tell you, there was a sign of when I knew, like when sports enthusiasts are so enthusiastic about sports that they will watch the podcast of like Mike and the Mad Dog, you know, and all these guys, <laughs> yeah. like, watch these things, you know, Mike Francesa. You know, I can't, I can't listen to it to begin with. It's just not my, it's, I, I listen to it almost <laughs> like ironically because it's, it's a funny style and I love that people love him. But yeah. then you see all you have is his show is him 
looking down into his microphone with sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reading it's, statistics. It's two hours of watching that. But I'm like, that gets huge viewership. So God bless them. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you get paid on YouTube. Yeah. No, it's so funny. It's like there is a different, it's such a, maybe podcast is this middle ground where you have the weird wizards of of nightly news trying to hypnotize you with negativity and then you have you know joe and mudflap in the morning and the the radio wacky radio guys and you're like who's that who talks like that this is a weird way to interact in 20 second bursts and dumb you know basic jokes you know (laughs) so this is a hilarious thing when i was a landscaper because i've got a diverse background of course a natural foray into it and podcasting i was obviously yeah (laughs) and one of our customers we had was this guy joey vendetta which i love the fact it was best name ever right but he was a dj for q107 in toronto and that was it they were like q107 the rock you know it was all about like rock station it was a classic classic rock and then hard rock and (laughs) You realize that some people are built for it. I do not have a radio voice. I can put it on. I go like, hey there, that's right. You, know, you, you can do the whole shtick. But it was funny because you'd go to talk and be like, oh, hey, Joey. I'm like, where do you want this, this shrub? He says, you know what we should do, Eric? How about what we should do is let's put it over here. But you know, you just bring it out. Let's go in and let's bring that double tree there. And let's put the two trees on either side of it. If you can, it would be fantastic. And you're like, <laughs> Oh my God, he's like that all the time. I'm like, he's Joey I, Vendetta. He is literally Joey Vendetta. There was no put on, like, there were some folks that, like, like this is just his natural diction. It was, or he's done it enough that it's just kind of the normal thing. But, uh, oh man, it's, it'd be like if you're hanging out with Joe Buck, you're like, <laughs> bro, put that Joe Buck voice away, man. <laughs> Can you imagine Spider Harrison's wife? So, this is a, if you're a serious listener, of course, Sirius XM, one of the most famous, the guy, he's the guy that does like hits one. And he's been in the DJ business for decades. And he's got the perfect, you know, Spider Joe, Spider Harrison here. And he's like, like over enunciated. Every single word is like, oh man, would you believe it? And it's, <laughs> you know, but it's funny. I love it because. I love making fun of it because, you know, he, in a sense, yeah. is making fun of himself every day. And he sits in his house in Florida and sends these, like, goofy clips to Sirius, and they put them in between hit songs. This dude does not listen to, you know, whatever the latest and greatest is, mm-hmm. but he's the one who knows how to just say, like, ah, that's right. So one time I was at the waterfall. He's got the, like, <laughs> that's the thing. in a world. But, yeah, but then, built. It's like, he can't be that on all the time unless it's him. And he's going to be the guy that his poor wife is like, hey, honey, can you go and you grab me? Reach into the cupboard. Guy. <laughs> yeah. you know, funny story. Back in the day when I reached into the cupboard, huh, cereal came flying out of there. <laughs> oh, man, that was crazy. The movie the movie uh, preview guy is like, there's a man who would like more mashed potatoes. Pass me the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. There, have you ever seen that movie Down by Law? It's old. It might be from the early 90s. It's a Jim Jarmusch film, but um, uh, Tom Waits is in it. And it's this. It's a jailbreak movie. It's a great movie, but there's just this awesome scene because he's a Patty he's a DJ. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a DJ in uh, New Orleans and ends up in the pokey. And all the guys are always like, do a DJ thing. Do your DJ voice. And he was like, do it. It's just hilarious. 
But but yeah, I mean, we're, we're lucky because podcasting, I mean, there is obviously a certain amount of affectation. I, we want to make sure our voice sounds good. We got a proximity thing going with a microphone. Um, but largely we can, <laughs> there, there doesn't seem to be like an un, uh, unspoken necessary way to talk. <laughs> right, know? yeah. And it, this is what I do like is that you relax over time. You know, I did video, I do video training as well for a company called Pluralsight. And it's like my wife, she's like, I can't stand listening to your course on Pluralsight because I know <laughs> I'm recording it for forever use and it has to be clear and I have to speak with a cadence. And so that's what it is like, hello and welcome to module number three. We're going to look at, and like, so you, you have to do this thing to be clarity of voice and the right cadence to keep attention 20% slower than normal (laughs) (laughs) and it's the stuff that now when I go to this format it's it's so freeing because I'm like you know you don't have to worry but I I don't even have a good voice for it so this is proof proof for you kids (laughs) you don't even have to have a good voice to get into podcasting all you have to be able to do is make sure that you can Imagine the thing you want to listen to and make, have that conversation. Like, remember the favorite time you talked with your uncle, your friends, like what's the stuff that makes you just forget where you are. You have that moment. And then you can give it context of a business flow and, and give a relatable discussion about it and make sure that the guest is excited about this discussion. Yeah, that's really what people tap into. They don't care that you have the perfectly produced sound and voice. You know, it obviously can't be like over a phone because I, oh, I've struggled with that one. I've had a couple of people that like phone in, and it's it's hard. Pretty, to to. pretty tinny and brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's tough. Like the original ones. There's this one brand called Talk Shoe, and that was the thing. It was and it like. I would listen to this and it sounded like it was should have been called talk shoe for reason because it sounded like you were talking through your shoe. It was horrible. <laughs> but that was all that was available at the time. Now, like there's no barrier. There's no barrier for people starting. And like you said, if you're a if you want to get your message out there and you want to have meaningful discussions, there's great ways to do it by getting in front of people that have a baked in audience that you can have a real conversation with. And then that makes your brand stand out way more than going and doing an advertorial. Yeah. And it's, it's ultimately it attracts people to you, which is just so much easier than trying to close them up, you know, with 140 characters, you know, it's, it's, it's fun too. I think is the other point. I mean, I, I really love talking to you. This is a good time. I love talking about podcasting. And, you know, if it's done right, then it can be particularly for what we do, you know, for professionals, for people that work long, crazy hours, it can be a cool little vacation. You know, you don't have to know exactly where the podcast is going. You don't have to have all the answers. You know, you can be playful and have fun with it. So, yeah, it's it's great, man. And I love your show. It's awesome. And I think this is just this is the start of this industry. Yeah, it's just going to get better. We'll learn, we'll adapt. I mean, we are as a as a content creator. You look at look, and that's it. Look to what's out there that you want to be like. What's the stuff you listen to that you watch? Recreate that. Learn from it. This is what we do. We're going to school every day with every podcast that you listen to. You're in school. Like, 
it's great as a listener, just a pure listener, but as a creator, I go out and I like every once in a while I'll go on a run, listen to a bunch of different ones, but then I don't because I don't want to accidentally pick up a style. I don't want to like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, that's it's very hard not to have a little bit of too much mimicry. Like it's a human trait, right? We mirror what we listen to. But yeah. I did, when I was in a band, we did this. We did, we we said we're going to record. We're writing and recording music. Not a good idea. Never say I'm going to spend three days and write and record a bunch of music. We had one song ready to go. And we were going to write some more. We actually did, but then day three, we said, "Well, let's run to the store, go pick up some stuff, go pick up our buddy." And we got in the car, and it was I'm old school. It was an Allison Chain CD. So nice. It's on there. So I turned it. He turned it on. We get back to the studio. And we start recording the song that we wrote. I kid you not, Ryan. Sounded like an Alice in Chains song. Uh, yeah, it did. It was funny. So, like, that's a, a I warn people, I'm like, don't just listen to one podcast and then go and like create your own. Yeah, get, but then, you know, you become a real connoisseur and you can pull out little things that people do well that you do want to parrot. You know, I love like Guy Raz uh, with how I built this, like how he, he'll laugh along, but he does like this, like <laughs> this yeah. breathy thing. So it's not like hitting the microphone with his laugh. I'm like, that's so considerate, you know, <laughs> I like it. Like James Lipton, uh, you oh, know, man. that like inside the actor's studio, you listen to the way that he asks a question. Larry King, like these are the old school Charlie Rose Dude, I know. You hear these, the way they approach this stuff, and it's incredible to hear these, especially round tables. I realize we're going overtime now. I'm totally stealing your extra time here, Ryan. But uh, as we wrap, for folks that want to find out more, of course, uh, link will be in the show notes. Uh, so KitCaster. Uh, I just had even more fun talking about podcast history than than I have in, in giving you some some better sort of brand stuff. So go to Kitcaster. I've actually got a link because I'm a fan <laughs> of them. So you can go follow the link below. Get set up. Uh, Ryan, if they want to talk with you and get connected directly, what's the best way they can do that? Shoot me an email. It's estes at kitcaster.com. I'm happy to talk anything and everything podcasting all the time. And if particularly if you want to get booked on other podcasts, that's all we do. And let me tell you, uh, in watching the progression of the growth and talking with people who are your clients, it, it works. <laughs> it really works because I can sense their, first of all, the commercial win is there for them. And secondly, they feel better. Like, like you said, this is, they get comfortable, they get trained up, and then it's a, it's a beautiful muscle that they can flex all over. We'll have you back because I want to talk about BJJ and all sorts of craziness about living outdoors and doing the fun stuff. I wish we had more time, but unfortunately, I do have to let you go uh, to be respectful of everybody's time. So, Ryan, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much, Eric. I really appreciate it.